Hi, friends. Welcome to the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Caldwell, and I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to episode 82. You may have noticed that the intro music was a little different today. Just to add a little festive fun for this month, I'm super excited to be featuring my friend Logan Keller's Christmas music from his album, A Merry Keller Christmas. That was part of his song called Sleigh Ride. And if you stick around to the end, you'll get to hear a bit more. I'm so excited for today's episode because we are changing it up and I am actually going to be the one that's being interviewed today by my friend and recent podcast guest, Mary Wint. She takes over as host today to ask me about my new book called Healthy Relationships Equals Healthy Team, 10 Keys for Building a Positive Dance Team Culture. In our conversation, you'll get to hear about why I wrote the book, some about the content that you'll find in the book, a little bit about the process of writing and exciting details about the book launch happening next Wednesday, December 14th. Thank you so much for listening in today, and I hope you enjoy this special Q&A episode. Today is a very special and different kind of day. We're clapping over here because (laughs) I have Mary Winch back with me again. Welcome back to the show, Mary. Well, thanks so much for having me, Rachel. I'm so excited about what is about to happen, and I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I am super excited as well. And for our audience that's listening, we are going to be sort of flipping the script a little bit today, and Mary is going to be taking the interviewer role, I suppose, and (laughs) she's going to be interviewing me about my new book that's coming out next week on December 14th, which is really exciting, called Healthy Relationships Equals Healthy Team, 10 Keys for Building Positive Dance Team Culture. So that's the book that is soon to launch. And so Mary so graciously is willing to interview me today and just be able to share some value with all of you guys that are listening, hopefully, and let you know a little bit more about the book and what it's all about. So I'm going to go ahead and give the proverbial microphone over to Mary. (laughs) Great. Thank you, Rachel. First of all, this is an amazing book. I'm serious. I just finished reading it today and I loved it. Thank you. It's a practical book. It's not something that you don't walk away and feel like I have all these notes and things. So thank you so much for writing this book. It's amazing. Yes. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's super fun that it, yeah, it can be practical and tangible. Yeah, it is. Well, I'm going to start off with some backstory questions. And to me, these are the why of the book. Everyone's going to want to know why. So here is it. I love the name of the book, which is Healthy Relationships Equal Healthy Team, 10 Keys for Building Positive Dance Team Culture. But what inspired you to write this book? Such a good question. And it really does get to the heart of why. I would say that this message has been something that has been part of my heart for a long time. So even back when I first started teaching, when I was in high school, uh, you know, I was teaching at a an after school program and loved working with the students. And then in college, I was a resident assistant. So I was kind of mentoring girls on my hall and being sort of that sister figure in a way, you know, or like big sister maybe. And then after that, you know, moving into teaching dance in studio settings and then eventually in public school setting and directing, I think my heart has always been for that mentorship side of things and helping students grow as people, not just in whatever the subject is that we're working on or dance, that they're growing as humans and that they're building these 
really important skills for life. And so with that being said, whenever I was directing at Dulles High School, I started what I called team time with the students. And so we would every so often take, you know, one day of practice or just like part of our class time to talk about different topics. And so that always ended up being one of my favorite things that we did, Ah. unfortunately. And you'll probably understand this because the life of a director is just so full and there's so many things that are priority. Unfortunately, I didn't do it as often as I wish I would have, but Every single time we took time out to talk about some sort of real life issue, it really brought so, so much connection with the team and it brought just a deeper level of, I think, growth for the students. And so this is kind of a long answer, (laughs) but essentially those team times really inspired me to look for resources out there that were, you know, There are some great resources, but it feels like there's not that many that are specific to dance team. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I stepped away from full-time directing, I thought, you know, how cool would it be if I could help provide a resource for other directors, for students that would kind of be ready-made for them to help dive into these different real-life issues, real-life topics, specifically in this book about relationships and I feel like it all boils down to relationships, honestly, in the end. So, you know, if we can build those strong relationships, the team is just going to continue to flourish and grow because of that. So that's some of the backstory of what got me to this point. Well, that's great. And that's true. Those transferable skills that they can take off the dance floor is so important. Rachel, that's what I love about it. So can you sum this book up? Or in other words, can you tell me about the book? Yeah, for sure. So the book... Again, the subtitle is 10 Keys for Positive Dance Team or for Building Positive Dance Team Culture. And so the book is really set up in 10 chapters. There's a little introduction and conclusion, but the main content is broken down into these 10 different areas. And the goal is to allow, you know, a director, a team to be able to potentially take one chapter a week, one chapter a month, and just go through this together. And each chapter has different topics such as there's conflict resolution, there's, um, you know, integrity and honesty, there's empathy and communication skills. So each chapter is taking a different sort of element of relational dynamics and really diving into that. And then at the end of each chapter, one of my favorite things is that there's reflection questions to allow the students to journal, to take some time to really either by themselves or it could be a group discussion. But I I love the idea of students taking time by themselves to really process some of the questions and apply these things to their life. And then maybe after that, be able to discuss it with other people. But that's kind of the general breakdown of the book is those 10 different areas. And my goal with the whole thing, my mission with it is for these students, whoever is able to go through this, that they will feel like they've been given tools to help grow in their relational skills so that they can have a more successful life relationally and just in general. So my favorite thing about it is that it's not just going to help them on their team right now. It's going to help their future family, their maybe even their current family. Um, it's going to help you know future marriages. It's hopefully going to help future coworker relationships and you know just friendships. All areas of our lives are affected by relationships. So that's the thing that gets me the most excited. I love that. I I thought that the reflections, questions, that alone is worth 
getting the book. And I'm, I just, I thought that was brilliant. Really. Thank you. So that's now I'm going to follow up with my kind of my last why question, but it's a big one. You know, who would really connect or benefit by reading this book? And then how do you see it being utilized? Yes, definitely. The book is written for the student. It is directed towards, I would say the ideal target audience (laughs) would be a high school dance team student. Now, I think this content could totally relate to any team, any group, organization. So yes, I said for dance team culture, but so many of the concepts could work for a sports team, could be cheerleader teams. It could also be just like school organizations like PALS or something like that as well. And I could also see it expanding to even a college level Mm -hmm. or a middle school level. So kind of around that high school age. But I think when I was writing it, that was who I had in mind. So as far as how I can envision it being used in the future. So I kind of touched on this a little bit in the last question, but I liked the idea that it's in this sort of structure of 10 sections. And so I could see it being used as a book study with either an officer line or a full team or an organization. So that could be maybe during camp at the beginning of the year or over the summer leading up to the school year. Another really awesome idea would be like, do it with the whole team as a book study and maybe go through one chapter a month. So it's, and these chapters are pretty short and Mary will attest to this. Yes, they are. (laughs) That's perfect. Yes. So it's great because hopefully it won't feel like extra homework. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't want these students to feel like you're just piling one more thing. So it hopefully feels very achievable. You really could probably do one a week, but you know, I know schedules are busy. So maybe once a month, just taking that, let everyone have a month to read a chapter and then go through it together during one class period and talk through things. And there's actually going to be a free PDF download that people can access with one activity per chapter. I love that, Rachel. That's great. Thank you. So that's going to be super fun because then, you know, they can maybe talk about the discussion questions and do that activity. And that would be about right for like a class period during the school day. So that's how I envision it once a week, once a month, whatever works for the director or the teacher. And I'm hoping, like I said, that maybe it will expand even beyond this. So yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I can really see it. I saw it useful as I'm not a grandparent at, at all right now. Yeah. But down the road, me being able to have, take this book and have discussions and me being able to fill out some of the questions and then throw them eventually to my future grandchildren. I think it would be really a great conversation. So I'm going to encourage other listeners is there. I truly mean this. Pick it up, maybe give a section to parents and have them have that conversation with their kids because sometimes that becomes an issue, that conversation. So I love that they're short, so it's manageable. Right. That's really brilliant on your part. Oh, thank you. I love that idea of this being a really great tool for parents as well. I think you're so right. It's a good sort of outside voice to start some of those conversations of common things that your student is going to come across being part of a team. So I love that. Thank you for that idea. That's perfect. Yeah. Well, that leads me to my next set of questions, which is the what or the content of the book. So I'm going to start off with what factors do you believe help build that healthy team? Yes. So, you know, it was interesting as I was thinking through, okay, what am I going to include? Because there's so many things out there in the world that we could talk about as far as creating a healthy team culture and a healthy relational dynamic. 
I think the first thing that came to mind for me was trust and building trust amongst, you know, the leaders and the students, as in like the directors and the students, also the student leaders and their team, trust amongst teammates themselves. And so there's just so much, I think there's a quote in the book. I don't have it directly, but I'll just try to uh, do it from memory. Mm -hmm. But something about, you know, trust is like an invisible glue that holds teams together. And I think that's so true because if there's trust, then, you know, people are willing to put in that effort. They're willing to maybe have the hard conversations that if if there's a lack of trust there, there's going to be kind of the suspicion and people getting disconnected from each other and maybe starting to form clicks and, you know, separation. So that's a huge one, I think, as far as a, a you know, positive team culture, healthy team culture. Some other ones are probably the idea of empathy. That's another big one that I hit on a lot in the book. I feel like I talk about it a lot in the book, even though there's technically one chapter about it, <laughs> but definitely empathy, you know, the idea of putting ourselves in someone else's shoes mm. and being able to, to think about, okay, what would this be like from, feel like from their perspective? And I think if teams can develop that empathy in their members, then it's just going to be such a better environment. And there's going to be that sense of belonging and family. I think that we're all hoping and looking for trying to think any other key things. I think having fun together, Mm -hmm. you know, working hard together and having fun together. So having kind of a clear set of here's our goals for today. Here's what we're striving towards. And then also taking time to let down a little bit here and there and like just play a game or do these reflection questions or something that are, Mm -hmm. that's a little bit different than whatever the day to day kind of activities are. I love all of that. That's so true. That that empathy and you know the it goes with the golden rule, and that's something that consistently needs to be hit on. And so I have to say that you have so many wonderful analogies that really resonated, and I'm going to list some of them. And then I know you can't talk about each of them, but as I'm saying them, would you mind just selecting one and expanding on it? So these analogies are stories. And I think this is just the perfect way to have an illustration. There was a tire dragging kind of exercise. There was the dirty dishes, the backpack, liquid leadership, brilliant. Walls versus fences, I'm stealing that. And glitter. And so which one of those do you mind is your favorite? If you had to name a favorite. Yes. Okay. Is it okay if I pick two? Yes, yes, of course. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm like, there's two that stand out to me. The first one is the dirty dishes. Mm. And this just kind of came to me because I can tend to procrastinate on things sometimes. And so there's been times where I just, you know, put the dishes in the sink, the dirty dishes, and I'm like, oh, I'll get to it later. But, and this is especially true if anyone has ever made a smoothie and you're wanting to wash the blender, right? If you just let it sit there dirty in the sink, (laughs) it gets all just kind of stuck on and it's so much harder to wash, right? When you come back to it later in the day or the next day. But if you wash it right away, it's like so simple, comes off easily, right? So this is an analogy that I use for the idea of when there's conflict. So if there's conflict between, you know, a couple of the team members, if you ignore it and you just kind of hope it's going to go away or like, oh, I'll get to it later. And maybe you start talking to other people about it, but you don't really hit it head on and deal with it with that person. Then it's kind of like it's getting caked on, right? And it just gets harder and harder to to deal with. And so 
rather than wait and procrastinate, that it's better to address issues as soon as they come up, right? So wash those dishes as soon as they're as soon as you're done with this. <laughs> so smart, Rachel, and such a great tool. I mean, any age, elementary school would understand that. I thought that was a brilliant example. Thank you. And then the second one that is just sticks with me, which was not an intentional pun, but is the glitter analogy. <laughs> that one's my favorite. I'm not going to lie. My favorite. Yes, I love it. So I think it will really resonate, especially with dance team directors, because mm-hmm. You know, I talk about there's always this like no glitter policy at dance competitions because we all know that dance competitions generally are held in schools. And so, you know, you're getting ready in classrooms. Most of them have carpet. And so what happens is these costumes that are just covered in glitter end up sort of shedding, you know, and there's glitter all over the floor or even the spray glitter stuff that people use. So what happens is the glitter gets in the carpet and As we know, if anyone's tried to get glitter out of carpet, it's pretty much impossible. You might get some of it up, but there's going to be some sparkle left in that floor for a long time. So what um, that analogy is in the book is the idea that our words stick like glitter. So as much as we want to deny it, maybe, whether it's for good or for bad, our words are going to stick with people. So just encouraging students to really, and all of us, honestly, to really think about what are the words that we're speaking and is it going to leave a positive impression that lasts or is it going to be something that is going to negatively impact that person's you know mindset or the way they view themselves for the rest of their lives right so or that they'd have to work through so i think that's just a good analogy and a picture to keep in our minds when we're talking to people especially you know our coworkers our teammates what kind of glitter do we want to be left with them so yeah, that is so powerful it reminds me of parables because that has, they have the power to be remembered, but then they deepen and have many layers the older that you get. And that mm-hmm. I thought all of those examples were just truly brilliant. So kudos mm-hmm. to you for that. Thank you. I want to go back and revisit integrity. That's your first chapter. And I thought that right. was such a great way to start the book, Rachel. And, you know, when you were describing positive dance team culture. So what does that look like? every day, whether it's in a dance team or another sport or activity. Right. So integrity, I think is so key because it's kind of like being honest with ourselves in a way. So integrity, the way I like to think about it is our actions and our words lining up with our values and the things that we really like hold dear. So let's say we value honesty, but then you know, we kind of tell like half truths or little white lies Mm. to, I don't know, to make people happy or to, you know, get a better grade or something like that. Then what's happening is we're losing that integrity within ourselves and that wholeness or that sense of, I think, you know, integrity is also used in architecture. So the idea of, Mm -hmm. you know, a building has integrity, it's, it's solid, it's going to stay standing. So if it lacks integrity, then there might be some part of the structure that's out of place or has a crack or something like that, and it could just crumble. So I like to think about that with our character as well, that if we have integrity, then we are solid, we're standing firm, we're what we're saying lines up with what we're doing. Yeah. And so as far as integrity, I think the second part of your question was how can we kind of develop that? Right. Yeah. So integrity, I think it's a tough one in a way, especially if this is really the first time a student is thinking about 
hmm, is what I'm doing really lining up with what I believe or what I'm saying, what I'm telling people? So I think some of it is that self-reflection piece and just thinking, you know, am I really living in a way that lines up with the values that I profess? Some of that could be journaling, maybe just thinking through, Mm -hmm. writing it out. And then I think also there's a bit of maybe accountability amongst a team. So, you know, if let's say we profess that we really value, this is kind of a simple example, but we really value starting practice on time. So I think integrity, let's say from the director perspective is being prepared and being there ready and starting practice on time. And for the student, you know, being prepared, showing up early enough to be out on the floor and ready to get started on time. So that's sort of a simple example, but just if we can find different ways in our lives where hmm, maybe there's a disconnect there and then start to take small steps towards lining that up, I think we're going to find a better sense of like peace maybe within ourselves and then also a better sense of trust with others because they're going to say, I can, I can rely on that person because they are doing what they say they're going to do. That's possibly a little bit rambly, but hopefully that made sense. (laughs) No, it does make sense. And that's what I loved about the reflection piece is you gave some examples like that, that sometimes I feel like integrity people are a little afraid of it because it just seems so big. You know, you mentioned some other things because I don't want to give the whole book away about that. But that's what I loved about that chapter is it was practical. So really Mm -hmm. some great kudos to you. And so besides integrity. There's another chapter that I loved and it was the initiative to serve chapter. And you had a wonderful story about Amber. And then you asked, how can we be an Amber? And so if we're a parent or a director, how can we begin to develop or hone in to serve our students or child? Because to me, that's what a lot of times this this particular generation is asking, how can I serve? And that was a great chapter. So I'd love to hear you expand a little bit on that. Sure. So just to give a little bit of the story of Amber. So I talk about, you know, coming in on the first day of practice as a rookie on the team, you know, new, totally new member and just being really so nervous And you feel kind of isolated and alone because you're like, I don't really know these people. And, you know, what do they think of me? And so this girl, I call her Amber in the book, but comes over and is like, hi, you know, how are you? And invites me to come sit with her group of friends. And so the idea of being that person to keep your eyes open to what are the needs around me. So in that case, it was keeping their eyes open, her eyes open to who's that person that's by themselves that hasn't been kind of brought into the fold yet and taking that step of initiative to go and talk to that person and help them feel welcome. But that could apply to so many different needs that happen all around us. And so as far as, you know, parents and teachers, how we can help instill this in our, in our students, it's true. It's, it's one of those things that I've heard so many directors I would say maybe complain about, I don't know if it complains the right word, but the idea of like, I feel, I wish my students would take more initiative, that mm-hmm. they would see those needs and they would just get right on it and take care of it. They would see the piece of trash lying on the floor and pick it up. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Mary's clapping. That was my favorite. One of my favorite examples in the book. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yes. And it, it really was, I heard a story about that. That was a real life example of someone who picked up a piece of trash in the parking lot on the way to an interview 
And the person who was interviewing them saw them through the window. And basically they already had the job before they walked in the door because they were like, wow, this person, they have a really strong character. They took initiative. No one was watching. They didn't think anyone was watching them, you know, and they still did the right thing. So that's always stuck with me, I feel like, as a great example of that. But as far as instilling it, I think part of it is probably having conversations with the students and almost helping them role play a little bit or again, bringing in that empathy piece. So let's say a parent is talking to their student um, about, hey, we're going to, or you have practice tomorrow. So when you've been at practice, have you ever noticed someone kind of just standing off by themselves, you know, or sitting by themselves and kind of having them reflect on that a little bit and, you know, maybe asking, asking them to think about, you know, what is, what would you feel like if you were the person that was standing on the outside? Or maybe they are. And so you help them to think about what have you felt like in those scenarios? And then from that point, then talking about, okay, I know it's really hard sometimes to lift our eyes and to think outside of ourselves because there's so much going on and we're we're concerned with what people are thinking of us. But you know, what's one way that you could try to be observant today in practice or in school and try to find one person maybe at lunch in the hallway? Doesn't have to be in, in a practice, but Try to find one person that you could even smile at or, you know, go say hi or invite to sit with you at lunch, that kind of thing. So probably having those conversations is one of the biggest ways to help bring awareness to it. And then as far as directors, some of it is probably just giving them opportunities to practice. So in those team times, you know, it could be role playing and doing little scenarios or it could be letting the needs be known. So there's X, Y, and Z that needs to happen today? Is there anyone who would be willing to step up and help me with that? Something like that. So those are some practical ideas. Hopefully that helps people um, as they're thinking through this. You know, I hope that as people are listening to this podcast, TDEA, the Texas Dance Educators Conference is coming up the first part of January. I hope directors take that moment to share your Amber story. And then when the Allstate young ladies go in, that some of them become the Ambers. And I hope some people come up to you and actually come up to me too and try to be Ambers in the workshops because that's, mm. even as an adult, we all need Ambers. Yes. And I I just thought that was such a great story and and I am going to share that far and wide. That was just brilliant. So, so directors, when you're at TDA, go up to Rachel and I hope that you say how you shared that or you told your Allstate girl. I think that's so smart. So. I love it. That would be incredible because at all, you know, with Allstate, no one knows anyone. I mean, you might kind of know the people from your district for like one hour before you got there. But right. <laughs> so I think that would be incredible. And you're right. As adults, we do, we need that same thing. We all still struggle with feeling isolated or feeling kind of on the outside. And so how powerful would that be if we could take that initiative to be that person to go first, to be the person to step across the room. I think that's incredible. Yeah. And I think you need to get a shirt, be an Amber today and then put be your- an Amber. <laughs> yes. <gasps> Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking about doing merch or merchandise. So that would be super fun. A be an Amber today shirt. <laughs> I, would buy it. I would buy it. So I want to switch gears just a smidge now. And what do you wish you would have known? Because at there's going to be a lot of new directors at TDEA in January. What do you wish you would have known when you first started directing, when you first started teaching? Mm, that is such a good question, you know, and there's so many things. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, probably the main thing is coming back to relationships that 
it's so easy to feel like, okay, in order to establish myself as a new director, as a leader, I need to act a certain way or, you know, hold this line, um, whatever that may be. And there's definitely value in that and setting the tone and making sure there's clear expectations. Mm -hmm. But I think there were multiple times early on where I think I sacrificed some of the relationship with students in order to kind of try to hold this, I don't know, image of some kind. And then there were experiences along the way that were really formative for me because I would get to kind of peek behind the curtain of their lives a little bit and realize all of that they were dealing with. And those moments were so eye-opening and really made me reconsider, okay, what are the true priorities here? You know, and so I know it's different for every person, probably what their top priorities are. But I think for me, I realized I need to be just who I am and not try to be a different person um, when I'm in this director role. And I do need to hold those good expectations, but also keep that human element and keep compassion as part of it. Kind of ask those why questions before I jump to conclusions about a situation and just kind of throw down the consequences, you know, taking time to, to really talk to the student and figure out what was going on behind the scenes. Um, so that's something that I really kind of wish I knew going into it. Cause I feel like there were, you know, some things, especially that first year that, that I would do differently now, if I could go back, you know? Yeah. The same. I think that's something that we all do. We're so focused on the work. And then as we move through the journey of life, we understand that that's important, but the somebody else's why is mm-hmm. important. I, I think, and you address that in the book, but I think that's such great advice to pause. And I hope somebody that's a new director is listening to that and feels good about themselves and, and dives headfirst into that yes. with that. I want to switch now to process questions and then, then we'll conclude with two more fun sections, but process to me is kind of the how of the book. All of us are going to want to know, you know, what was the process of writing this book like? Yeah. So what's so interesting was I didn't initially think this was going to be a book. Really? Yeah. So initially I had in my mind, you know, the idea of I'd love to go in and do workshops with teams and to be able to go work in person, which I still am excited to do and looking forward to. But this summer, I went to a conference with my mom just as her guest, (laughs) which is fun. I love conferences and I love learning. So I'm like, sure, mom, I'll go with you to this conference. And um, she's a lawyer. And so she goes to you know, a few different professional development kind of conferences throughout the year. And this one was a little bit different. It was actually a writer's conference. And so she said, you know, I think this might be really interesting for you to think about as you're looking at doing, you know, workshops and developing resources and things like that. And I I was like, okay. So we got there and it was kind of like the floodgates of ideas opened and it was just so many exciting ideas of, oh, this could be a really cool option to do. And then I thought one thing that they said was when you write a book, you really clarify your message. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, you know, that's really true. If I can, if I can put out there the things that I really value around this sort of positive team culture and building healthy relationships, then it's just going to make it stronger to be able to go in and work with groups. The other thing was the the idea that a book can reach so much further than me as one person. So, you know, maybe I can go work with multiple teams during the year, but how cool would it be if 
all these different directors could utilize this as a resource and go through it with their teams or even take some of the concepts and use it with their team, that it's going to have a greater ripple effect and ability to impact lives than just me by myself. So it got me really excited about it. That was kind of the very beginning of the process in July, actually. And then I just sort of slowly started putting the the work in to get things written down. And interestingly, it kind of started as like an outline. Like I just kind of wrote out what would be the different topics that I would want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then as I was writing, I was just kind of jumping around to wherever I was inspired. So the nice thing about it being kind of 10 separate topics is I could focus in on, well, today I really feel interested in talking about, you know, valuing others on your team. So I'm going to hop over there and write a few paragraphs or whatever. And so I kind of did that for a little while. And then I started to realize, you know, I would really love to have this in time for TDEA so we can share this with directors. And so that gave me a really good deadline, (laughs) which I thrive on deadlines. And so then I kind of worked backwards and I figured out I need to get this book done like in the next two weeks. So I just set aside blocks of time and I ended up kind of making the coffee shop down the street, my um, or a couple blocks away, my office away from home. (laughs) So I would just go to the coffee shop and that was my writing time. I would just put in headphones, listen to my favorite playlist and just type away. And it was great because I think I feed off of the energy of the people there. (laughs) So, you know, people are working all around me and talking and doing their thing. And so it just was a fun way to, okay, if I'm here at the coffee shop, that's what I'm working on. And then I just kind of dedicated myself to getting it done over those next couple of weeks. And then kind of the next phase of the process was getting feedback because I think I really wanted to make sure, is this something that's going to resonate with other directors and with their students? Because I only have my one experience. I mean, I have multiple experiences from different places, but as a director, just one school. And so I thought, okay, let me, you know, send this out to some different director friends and even a couple of people that I don't know super well, but I've met and they're in different districts. They have different kind of demographics, I guess, as far as their student population. And so um, got some really valuable, great feedback from those directors and they were super excited. And I think that gave me an extra boost of just motivation and like, okay, this could be really valuable because I don't know about you, but sometimes when you put something together, it's like, will anyone care about this? Does this mean anything? Will it be valuable? You know, so it was great to get that feedback. And then from there, I kind of implemented a few changes, one of which was my amazing friend, Gina Tolar. She was basically my mentor teacher whenever I was doing my student teaching or clinical teaching. And she was one of the people that read through it. And she said, you know, with this being students that are reading it, it would be really cool if there's like illustrations that could go with each chapter. So she was the one that came up with that idea and I loved it. Those were so clever. Wow. Could it adds so yeah. much. Yes. Kudos, Gina. And it adds so, so much to it, you know, just the visual aspect. And so I was able to reach out to a, an illustrator or a friend who is an artist and she she and I met up at one point and um, it'd be fun to do a conversation with her as well at some point, but you should, yeah, she and I just met up and I would just kind of talk and she's sketching as we're talking and then, you know, got out some ideas. And then over the next couple of weeks, she refined it. And I love that it's sort of like a sketchbook vibe and gives just kind of a casual, but fun Mm -hmm. way to, to visualize 
what the chapters are about. So that was part of that process. And then I'll try to quickly talk about the last little bit. So after that, it was more the actual editing of, you know, proofreading and that kind of thing. So I had a few different editors looking at that. And then this last bit has just been putting it all together into an actual book. And that's super exciting. So now we are in the last home stretch and launch day is coming up in just about a week. So I can't wait for this to get out into the world and it doesn't quite feel real yet, but I think it will once I'm holding one in my hands. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, be- I bet it doesn't feel real because July is not that long ago. I mean, mm-hmm. incredible. I mean, I have some things in my refrigerator that haven't expired yet that I bought in July. So I can't believe that you wrote that book since then. So that time process is mind blowing. And you gave us a lot of great tips right then in if we were to go through something like this. But what is the most valuable piece of advice that you've been given during this process? Yes. Besides the the illustrations, which is brilliant. Yes. I loved that tip. And um, so I think the biggest piece of advice was just to get whatever was in my head, just get it out on paper mm-hmm. or on my computer. Because what can happen is you kind of get like paralyzed because you want it to be perfect. I'm almost editing as I'm writing sometimes. And so I think once I realized, okay, get it out there and then you can go back and edit later. That was so, so helpful just to kind of get moving, especially given the quick timeline. So definitely grateful for for that advice. I think that's great because so many of us have like that negative self-talk that it's hard for us to even Mm -hmm. begin. And we do that with choreography. Our students for sure do it. We see it. But I think that's a great piece of advice. And then I really want to know, how has your book changed since that first draft? How has it been different? The one that, that I read today and the one that you started on? Right. So I would say the biggest way it's changed was probably early on. My my husband was really my first editor, mm. I should say, because I would you know bring him home a chapter and say, what do you think of this so far? And so as it was kind of being developed, I would get that sort of initial draft out there. And then he's a really great creative writer. And so he would hone in kind of on those stories and um, those analogies. And he said, you know, I think this is great. You should add more of that into the book because I feel like that's something that people can really resonate with and put themselves in those scenarios. And so I think I definitely added more examples and analogies thanks to him. And then I think the other biggest thing was probably the illustrations. Just I had not had that in my head at all. And so that was such a fun addition into the book. And I love that it was in black and white and they weren't colored in or anything like that, because that's kind of how you feel. And that's, you know, you're always working on all of these 10 elements, these 10 characteristics to work on. So I thought that was super, super smart. Thank you. And then now I want to go to some wrap up questions for you. So I can't believe it, but your book is launching next week. I mean, it's just crazy. So what is your vision for this book as it launches into the world next week? Yes. So my vision first is that it would just be, you know, something that like we talked about that directors could use as a resource that they can check out the ebook online or order copies for their team, that kind of thing. But I think Broader than that, I think my vision for it is that then I can take this message also out into the world, into workshops and speaking. So I think my hope would be to be able to go in and work with teams maybe on one specific area 
or mm-hmm. more than one, depending on what the team needs at the time. You know, if a director says, you know, hey, we're really struggling with with conflict on our team right now, you know, maybe you could come do something on conflict resolution. So doing specific workshops on those topics and then potentially even being able to speak beyond that to, you know, professional development type situations. So, you know, coming in and doing some teacher trainings and things like that would be so much fun. I would really love to get to to work with whoever is listening out there if you want. Um, but I think that's my my hope is that this would just kind of be like the first step into getting to work with people in person. And then um, hopefully also that, you know, may expand to other other groups, other teams, and that the book can kind of reach all sorts of different people. That would be amazing. Yeah, it really would. It's. It, I think it's going to be a ripple effect because I think people are going to read it, realize the practicality of it. They're going to want you in for other state organization and conferences. They're going to want to expand on it. And, and you'll learn as you go and you teach, you'll automatically have things you can add for your next book. No pressure. But <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Really excited to see where you're going to be in a year, especially since you just started writing in July. That's crazy to me. Thank crazy. you. That yeah, that would be super fun to I'm sure there will be so much more that as, you know, as I'm getting out there and working with teams, so many more great examples and stories and just realizing like, oh, here's some other topics that would be really good to focus on. So, I agree that would be so much fun. Yeah, I think I think your cup is really going to fill. So, now I have to find out where can people find the book because that's going to be what they're going to automatically ask you after this podcast. Where can people find this book? So it is going to be available on Amazon on December 14th is when it'll officially go live, I suppose, or launch. So there'll be paperback that you can order or the ebook version as well. So I will definitely share information on that day on social media. So you can check it out. Well, I guess everyone that's listening to this knows Creative Impact Podcast. So yeah, check it out at Creative Impact Podcast. And that'll be where you can find it is on Amazon. And then also you can check out my new website that by that day will be live. It's in process right now. (laughs) But my new website, which is just my full name, including my middle name. So it's rachelleecaldwell.com. And Rachel is just E-L. And then Lee is spelled L-E-I-G-H. So rachelleecaldwell.com. You can find it there. Great. What all is going to be on that? I just have to ask, like if I went to it with that PDF you referred to earlier, will that be there or that type of thing? Yes, for sure. So that'll be kind of the one-stop shop for everything. So it'll have access to where you can get the book. Also the free PDF download. There'll probably be more free resources coming soon, but the first one will be that activity PDF. And then also you'll find you know more information about speaking and workshops and then a link to the podcast as well. So it's kind of a great go-to spot for for anything that you might be looking for. Yeah, I think that's great. And I bet as you go and you speak, you're going to have more exercise on words or like glitter and things like that. And that I think just think that's so, so smart. So I do have this question. I think so many people after they hear this podcast are going to really be energized. And not only are they going to want to buy it, but I think they're going to want to get involved. Yeah. Rachel, how can people get involved on your launch day, which as you said, was December 14th? What can I do? What can the listeners do to really spread the news of this book? That would be so incredible. First of all, like, thank you for even thinking of that, because that would be so amazing to have people join with me and be kind of part of my launch team, so to speak. So if you first off want to just 
purchase the ebook version. It's going to be only 99 cents on launch day and it'll go up after that. But for launch day, Ninety nine cents. That's less than the dollar store, which is a dollar twenty five. That is so true. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be just kind of a launch day deal because I would love for people to be able to check it out and see if it's something that would benefit them. So ninety nine cents on launch day, if you would be willing to purchase one, that would be incredible. And then also just sharing on social media would be amazing. Or like text, you know, text your friends, send an email. It doesn't have to be social media, but um, you know, just sharing by word of mouth is probably the best way for people to hear about it. And I think if you see value in it and you share it with your friends, then they're going to trust it more, I think, than just you know seeing a post on Instagram or something like that. So that would be incredible. So just yeah. getting the word out, sharing you know a few texts with friends and um, yeah, let me know if there's anything that I can do to help serve and bring different resources to you guys as well. So feel free to reach out to me and send like an email or a message on Instagram and I can try to work on getting some more resources out as well. Right. And we can also go to your website, which I think will be great. And I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be a contact Rachel yes. note on there. Perfect. Yeah. So that's great as well. And yeah, that would be awesome. And if you want to download the PDF, I think on the website as well, on the contact us that you could send a message. And then also there'll be a place to sign up for emails. So if you want to get notifications in the future of any new stuff that comes out, you can put your email in and I'll have you on the list for future. That sounds great. I really love that idea. And, you know, I'm going to sum it up by saying how wonderful this book is again. And just, I'm so proud of and for you. And this is such a needed tool and it's so practical. I was really, I was expecting something good. I'm not, I'm not lying, but I was, I really was impressed mm. and I thought it was really great, Rachel. Wow. And it has been an honor to chat with you today and, and to talk about your joy, your new thing coming up and your new adventure. Thank you so much. I'm like just over here smiling so big and like heart, heart hands. People that know me know I make like the little heart hands, (laughs) but thank you so much, Mary. That means the world to me. And it's again, it's kind of one of those like pinching yourself. Like, did it actually, did, did she say she really loved it? You know, that kind of thing. So I'm so grateful that you saw value in it and super excited for people to get to hear this conversation and to get to, you know, learn more. And thank you for taking the time to become the the host today for the podcast. <laughs> it was my honor. And this is the last thing I'm going to say. This is really going to, as you allude to in the book, you know, to be a light. I think this is going to be a light that's going to shine in our industry. So thank you for creating it and writing it. Mm, thank you so much. It means the world. you guys. That was so much fun. I was definitely nervous, but it was so great to get to talk to Mary and to be able to share with you guys more about the book and the launch next week. For the rest of December, we're going to be having some really incredible episodes in what we're calling our Stories of Faith series. You are not going to want to miss these conversations. If you're enjoying the show, I invite you to subscribe wherever you listen and to tell your friends about it as well. Thank you to our patrons who help make this podcast possible. And if you're interested in becoming a patron of the show and supporting and getting extra content, you can check out our Patreon community at creativeimpactpodcast.com slash Patreon. And that's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can find all the links, the full show notes, and additional resources on our website, creativeimpactpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Impact Podcast. Music for the show in December is by our friend Logan Keller. 
Until next time, remember that you were designed to create. You were made to inspire. Continue living with purpose and making an impact. See you next week for part one of our Stories of Faith series. Have a great week. I just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring ting tingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. And outside the snow is falling and friends are calling you. On it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you.